0: we'll begin with a reign of terror. A few murders here and there. Murders of great men, murders of little men, just to show we make no distinction. To be walking up the stairs with a camera bag that belonged to a young woman that had her severed head in it. I would move heaven, hell,
1: and anything in between to get to you. You wouldn't be safe anyway, you know what the most frightening thing in the world is
0: it's fear i guess not all they were was shot and left (laughs) if it was a horrendous crime why didn't i shoot them between the eyes cut their penis off stick it in their mouth you know do all kinds of gross stuff all they were was shot
1: Hello, strangers, and welcome to a new episode of Strange Talk Podcast. Now, if you're new to the channel or to the podcast, uh, this is a different kind of episode. It's not an official episode about any particular case, murder, or true crime story. Uh, This is called This Week in Crime, and this is where I pull up news stories from around the world and talk about various things that are just going on with either strange news or just interesting, weird, fucked-up cases that have happened. Here or around the world uh so today's episode is gonna be quite interesting uh the first one that we're gonna be talking about is a is a pretty uh it's it's just because it's it's it just deals with a lot of things now if you don't know, I'm not a very religious person um i'm if anything if I have to label myself, I would say that i'm agnostic at best I'm open to the concept of religion I'm just not entirely um convinced by it because I feel like there's a lot of things in this world that just make me see that uh, religion is just used as a way to control people. It's used as a way. And I know that's not necessarily religion's fault because it's just because the greed of man, because for instance, uh, the big rock churches, I guess you can say, I don't really know what they are, but um, like those big, huge Christian churches that they use, um, man, I don't remember their names, but I know that a lot of the preachers or the reverends, whatever you call them that uh basically ask their followers for a shit ton of money that have that they have so much money that they're able to purchase private jets so they can go fly around and and uh, preach the word of God and the gospel. To me, that just seems very like that's unnecessary. Uh, I get their you know. It's kind of like that expression, um, I don't remember where I heard the expression, oh, that's right, I heard it on another podcast that I love and I listen to, they're called Last uh, Podcast on the Left, they're way more famous than I am, but, uh, if you don't know who they are, if you, they are comedy podcasts that, um, delve into true crime and they're very, very good podcast. but, uh, one of the, um, hosts of the podcast, his name's Marcus, uh, Sparks, I think, Marcus Parks or Marcus Sparks, something like that, um, he said that the road to hell is paved in good intention. And that's very true. So it starts off with uh like good intentions that they're trying to spread the word of God. They're trying to spread the gospel and whatnot. But they have to spend millions of dollars of other people's like of their followers money. Like it's just their followers giving them money. And to me that doesn't seem it doesn't sit right with me not only that but uh, like they're more christian religion evangelicals there's televangelists who go on tv to spread the gospel and stuff but their followers give them millions of dollars in money for them to build these huge mega churches and to me that that doesn't seem what cuz even in the bible like it says you're supposed to give money and everything but i don't think jesus himself would um spend that money on them on himself you get what i'm saying so to me that just seems very disingenuous and i don't know i don't agree with it and i don't like it uh same thing with catholicism for catholics uh you know there's a lot of like child molestation with within the catholic church and they don't seem to like you know press charges against anyone all they seem to do is just cover it up or they basically just say that you know uh they just move the preacher to a different church that still allows them to continue molesting children and that to me is just so wrong. So I know it's not particularly religion's fault per se, it's just more the people behind the religion. There's just a lot of evil in the world and a lot of people tend to just prey on the weak and stuff and it it just doesn't sit right with me. So that's another reason why I'm not necessarily religious. But yeah, the the first thing we're going to be talking about has to do with religion, which is why I went into that whole tangent about the topic but uh, it, it, it's pretty crazy what happened. So this news news article I found is a uh, family found dead in Pennsylvania made a joint decision to kill themselves. And the reason why they did is because they are very conservative Christians and they believe that the world was just going to shit and that there's going to be an apocalypse going on. Uh, basically the same rhetoric you hear with a lot of conservative Christians in today's world. Uh, So here we go. A Pennsylvania family found shot dead in their backyard last week in what police say appears to be a suicide pact, included a mother, a daughter who loved bowling and were devout Christian conservatives. People who knew them said Morgan Dobb, age 26, and her parents, James Dobb, 62, and Deborah Dobb. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing their last name. It's D-A-U-B, but I believe it's Dobb. Uh, were found dead on the ground in the backyard of their home in York County, Pennsylvania, on the morning of January 25th. So it didn't happen uh, too long ago, you know, it was a few months ago. After police responded to a request for a welfare check from a neighbor, the West Manchester Township Police Department has since said that notes left inside the house indicated that the family recently made a joint decision to end their lives. Police believe Deborah Dobbs shot and killed her husband And then was shot and killed by Morgan, which is the the daughter. She was 26 years old, who died by suicide. Police said there were no signs of forced entry or struggle and no evidence that anyone else had been present. An investigation to the deaths has been closed. So, yeah, they took their own lives. And a funny thing enough um, is that Morgan Dobbs, she actually had a YouTube channel. I believe it's still up. Um, And if it is, I will include the audio of the last video that she ever put before she killed her parents and took her own life in this joint suicide pact. People who knew the family expressed shock and heartbreak at the deaths. Morgan was described by members of the local bowling community as a shy, quiet young woman who was close with her mother and also a talented and avid bowler until she and her mother suddenly stopped visiting bowling stores and alleys in the area a few years ago. Around the start of the pandemic, Morgan didn't have a lot of words to say, said Brett Stabley, who operates the pro shop at Bowler Supply in York, Pennsylvania, where the mother and daughter were longtime customers. Stabley said he believed Morgan, whom he describes as a very meek and quiet, but also very bright, was homeschooled and her mother often spoke on her behalf. Stabley said he gave Morgan many bowling lessons over the years and she became more and more sociable as she grew older. She was also quite a good bowler, he said. Stably said the Christian church-going family was never shy about letting anybody know what their beliefs were when it came to religion and politics. Morgan and Deborah, so you probably pretty much know where this is going. <laughs> Morgan and Deborah, very, very huge supporters of former President Donald Trump, Stably said. They were just so hell-bent on Trump winning like this could be in the end if he doesn't win, Stably said referring to an instance when he saw them just before the 2020 election. He said he stopped seeing the two after that. A neighbor who asked to remain anonymous for fear of personal or professional retaliation in their town said the family had a preoccupation with religion, especially on the dad's part. The family's front yard was also littered with pro-Trump political signs during the election and anti-abortion signs with Roe v. Wade was overturned, the neighbor said. Terry Miller, the owner of Suburban Bullarama, said Morgan and Deborah came to his bowling center a couple of times a week. She grew up here, he said of Morgan. To me, just watching their interactions, they just enjoyed it. They seemed to spend a lot of time together, he said. But Morgan and Deborah suddenly stopped coming by around 2019, Miller said. Looking back, he said it was definitely, definitely weird that the two stopped coming in. Stabley said he was disturbed to see recent videos appearing to show Morgan on YouTube. In the videos, which the West Manchester Township Police Department had also said appeared to show, Morgan, the young woman, speaks in a stream of conscious fashion about God, the Antichrist, and conspiracies about Trump and the 2020 elections, Stably said. He is haunted by Morgan's laughter in the videos. I never, ever, ever saw Morgan in that state, Stably said. Detective Timothy Fink said in a statement to NBC News on Friday that Deborah Dobb left a written document signed January 19th in which she speaks of a joint decision by her and Morgan to end their lives. It refers to the evil that has mounted against Morgan but does not go into further detail, Fink said. Morgan and her father also left notes indicating that the family had planned how to carry out the shootings and made other preparations including what to do with the family dog And assets. Those notes were dated January 24th, a day before the bodies of the family were found. Police said that the positioning of the bodies, the two guns found at the scene, the shell casings, and other evidence support the account put forward by written documents left behind by the family that all three family members decided to end their lives on January 24th, 2023. Meanwhile, the neighbors said they are in shock and disbelief that something like this could happen so close to home. When I interacted with that, I'm sorry, I'm laughing. It's just funny because they're like, "Oh my god, I can't believe this would happen so close to our home. I wish it didn't." That's kind of what it seems like. I kind of get that from that. When I interacted with them in person, they kept it under wraps. The neighbor said, "I didn't see that break through the surface at all." So that is a pretty interesting, uh, like, uh, story. I can't believe that that happened, but I just it kind of shows the dangers of, of, um. I don't want to say the dangers of religion, but it just kind of shows the dangers of the hold that I would say social media has when it comes to people that are susceptible uh, to things like that. Um, And I know it's not necessarily religion's fault. It's more um, the people behind religion that are putting it forth as like, you know, obviously Donald Trump. I'm not a fan of him. I, I don't care for him, but I don't even care for joe biden and it's not even like i pick a side if i'm being completely honest where my politics lie i honestly think that both parties are beholden to corporations just what corporations are beholden to i don't know but i feel if i'm being honest that both politicians don't care about us the regular common folk if you will they just care about lining their pockets more they care about the money that they're making in their positions of power that they have and i feel that they're Uh, I feel like the whole government is corrupt, and I feel like they're not for us. You know what I'm saying? I just That's what I honestly feel. I don't feel like Democrats, they make a bunch of promises that they never fulfill. Uh, Republicans, they only care about the rich, and Democrats too as well, but they care about the corporations that make them money because I feel like lobbying shouldn't even be a thing. I feel like that's bribing, if I'm being honest. But yeah, I I included this because it's an interesting case because of the, you know, they were so devout in their beliefs. They were so into their beliefs and they were so much into following Donald Trump that they believed the world was so much in shit that they decided to just split by killing themselves. And that's pretty crazy. Uh, So I'm going to find that video and I'm going to include it in... This episode along. So this is gonna be Morgan Daub. She was twenty six years old when she recorded. And when she's speaking, you do kinda of get a sense that she is kind of unhinged the way she speaks. Uh she her parents basically like made her believe in this wholeheartedly. And that's the disturbing part for me. So here you go.
0: Morgan Elizabeth Daub here, York, Pennsylvania. United States of America. Read my lips, never. I will never be the Queen of England, United Kingdom. I'll never have Morgan Elizabeth Daub for Queen. I'm a daughter of the Most High God. I am royalty in Jesus. I am a royal priesthood. And they with the wrong family, they really with the wrong family. God will give me royal authority. I rule and reign with Jesus in heavenly places. I'm a king and a priest under my God, Yahweh. Elohim El Elyon, I am not the Christ. I am not antichrist, I am not the Christ. I am not false prophet, but I am a prophet of the most high God. And I'm ready to roar for him. It's time for the king to roar. The one true king, king of kings, lord of lords, king Jesus. The one true. Amen.
1: So yeah, that was uh, Morgan Dobb speaking in one of her last videos that she posted. Uh, The reason why she's speaking in a British accent is because when she actually uploaded that video was around the time when Queen Elizabeth had passed away. And so for some reason, that's why she is talking and speaking in the British accent. But yeah, that was just a little bit of a a snippet of her video. Uh you can still find the video if you are interested in seeing it in its entirety. Um, It is, I believe like 15 to 20 minutes long. I'm not I don't remember how long it was off the top of my head. But yeah, it's pretty interesting to say the least, of to see what state of mind she was in at the time when she was recording this. And then a few days later, it would that. So that was her last video because a few days later, that was when her family decided to end their lives. So, yeah, that's the first uh, story in this week in crime. And so let's move on to the next one. So this next story is coming from Fort Worth Star Telegram. Uh, This happened in Italy, Texas, and it was a mother convicted of stabbing. Her children and i believe two of them passed and that shit is just crazy okay so uh, it was uh three child stabbing victims allegedly killed by mother in italy texas identified by a family shamaya hall 25 is accused of stabbing her five children killing three of them on friday march 3rd of 2023 Jesus. The five-year-old twins whose mother is accused of stabbing them to death in Italy, Texas, on Friday have been identified, and their mother faces two additional charges. Family members identified the twins as Aaliyah and Aiden Martin. They were stabbed to death along with their six... Why did I say sex? <laughs> they were stabbed to death along with their six-year-old half-brother, Legend Chappelle. The children's mother, 25-year-old Shem- I'm not sure if I'm gonna say this right, Shemiah Hall was booked into the Wayne McCollum detention center in Alice County and charged with three counts of capital murder. Hall also faces two additional charges of aggravated assault against a family member with a weapon. Hall's four-year-old son and thirteen-month-old daughter were also stabbed and seriously wounded. According to the Ellis County Sheriff's Office, one of the children was transported to a hospital in Fort Worth and the other to a hospital in Dallas. Child Protective Services hasn't released further details on the surviving children or their conditions. The children did not live with their mother, but CPS suspected she was having unsupervised visits with them. Hall is accused of stabbing all five children when a CPS worker dropped in unannounced. So they did make a GoFundMe for the two two children that survived, but just to imagine that she killed three of her children because she stabbed them. And in this article, it doesn't necessarily say why, but I mean, this is a huge assumption on my part, but I would assume that the mother is suffering from either a psychosis or she is obviously clearly suffering from some type of mental illness, um... I just want justice for Legends," said uh, she. "said This is uh, her grandmother speaking. Uh, Shemaya and the in grand- the children's grandmother is speaking. Legends' paternal grandmother, Latanya Reese said that she had unsuccessfully tried to get custody of her grandson. So uh, Shamaya's, uh, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing her name, but Shamaya's uh, mother, their grandmother, it was has been trying to get custody of the children prior to the stabbings, uh, but she was unsuccessful in doing so. I want justice for legend, uh, Shamaya's grandmother said. I mean, Shamaya's mother, the children's grandmother said, I'm not going to rest until they pay for what they did. It's not right. I'm tired of crying about it. I'm ready to fight about it. They weren't just taken from our family, they was taken from the community, from the schools, from their friends. According to the GoFundMe page, legend loved Spider-Man, he loved his siblings, he loved school, and just being a normal six-year-old. A judge set a $6 million bond for Hall, $2 million for each charge of capital murder. Hall also allegedly stabbed her sister's boyfriend in 2017 and was arrested at that time on a charge of aggravated assault with a deadly weapon. And the fact that CPS didn't do more—I I mean, I don't know who's to blame here. Obviously, the mother's to blame because she's the one that enacted the the plan of just stabbing her children to death. But they, I don't know. There, obviously, clearly, there wasn't something done enough to to keep these children alive and safe and unharmed. But I mean, in that situation, it's kind of hard because you know they're their she's their mother. And clearly, she obviously killed the children, the three children, and two of them survived. They're in the hospital currently. But the fact that, you know, you have to be in a hard, it has to be a hard situation because you want the kids to see their mom because the kids don't really know. They're pretty young. You know, obviously, they love their mother. We don't get to choose who our mothers are. You know, so obviously they wanted to see her. And so maybe it was a thing of like, you know, maybe she's changed or maybe she's not going to do anything. So the, the family kind of let their guard down and let her come inside to see the children. And then that's when shit just happened. But that's pretty crazy because she's, she's had a history. Shamaya's had a history of aggravated assault because she stabbed her sister's boyfriend. But that that's not even where it gets... Interesting. Hall's twin sister, okay, so Shamaya Hall has a twin sister named Troy Shea Moan Hall, but she also stabbed her seven-year-old daughter to death in June of 2021, okay, so just two years prior, her twin sister, Troy Shemaya's sister, okay, Troy Shea, had stabbed her seven-year-old daughter to death, so this family clearly has a history of mental illness. And they do not want children whatsoever. So Troche Moyne hall was sent to North Texas State Hospital in Vernon a few months later after that incident back in June of 2021. Uh, So these women clearly do not want their children or something is going on in that family that we just don't know. But for them to just murder their children is just fucking insane because I have a six-year-old daughter and I could never imagine bringing harm to her in such a way because as I've said in previous episodes, I do enact gentle parenting. And for those that don't know, gentle parenting isn't where you coddle your child. Gentle parenting is more about regulating your emotions and teaching your child to, um, you know, so I don't know if you've grown up with parents that just kind of lose their cool and just snap. That's not fucking normal to act that way. That's not a normal behavior. Uh, when little inconvenient things happen, like it's okay to be angry. It's okay to be frustrated. As a parent, if you're a new parent, or, you know, it's okay to get frustrated. You're going to get frustrated. It's just the way things are when you're raising a child. You're going to get frustrated. That's just the normal. But it's up to you as the parent to regulate your emotions so that we don't uh, fly off the bat. Because before I started going to therapy, before I started taking um, my medication, I would fly off the bat for any little thing. I mean, there was times where I would punch holes in walls because I, was just, I just didn't know how to regulate my emotions. But now that I've gotten better at it, sometimes I do kind of like fall back into that old way. But the worst thing I do now is maybe yell. But I've only done that once and it's been a while since I've done it. I mean, it was recently that I've done it, but I kind of yelled at my daughter to kind of get her attention because I was getting frustrated. But then I apologized to her afterwards that like, hey, I'm sorry that I yelled at you. But it's just because, you know, I was getting upset because you weren't listening to me. And that's not right for daddy to do that. So I did apologize to her. So that's also too, if you do screw up and you do mess up and you kind of, you know, lose your temper, it's okay. It's normal. We're human. We're all going to get frustrated, especially when you're dealing with a child because they don't know how to regulate their emotions. It's your job as a parent to regulate your child's emotions, to help guide them, to teach them how that if you're inconvenienced, it's okay. Things like that are going to happen. But it's your job as a parent to teach them how to regulate the emotions, because they're a sponge, and whatever you do, they're going to soak in, so it, it, and as you get older, and you weren't taught how to regulate your emotions, that's going to carry over into when you're an adult, and so, you know, that's what I'm trying to teach my daughter now, is how to regulate her emotions, that sometimes things are going to make you upset, it's okay to be upset, but what you do when you're upset is what matters, if that makes sense, but yeah, so that's that's just crazy to me that this mother would want to just harm her children. That's fucking insane. So this last uh, article that I have for this week in crime is going to be somewhat of a lighter one. It's going to be we're going to end on a, at least a happy in not inspired maybe inspiring, but at least we're going to end on a happy ending because there's just so much evil in the world. And there's so much true crime that, you know, it's kind of good to end on something positive. But uh, so this article comes from the Good News Hub. Heinz searches for a man who survived a month at sea on just ketchup. Okay, and the reason why Heinz, the company Heinz, is trying to look for him, is because they want to give him a free boat. Which, (laughs) if you think about it, that kind of seems not like a good idea because he, well, as you'll see when I get into the article, uh, you know, I don't think that's a good idea for them to give give him a free boat. Heinz is on the lookout. For a man who survived for a month at sea on just ketchup so that they can gift him a free boat. The man Alvis Francos, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right, it might be Francois, but it's Francos, I'm gonna say Francos, became adrift on his boat after it floated away whilst he was performing maintenance on it in December of 2022. Francos 42, who lives on the small island of St. Martin, was unable to To navigate back to shore as the boat got caught in a sudden outburst of bad weather. I tried to go back to port, but I lost track because it took me a while to mount the sail and fix the sail, he said. I called my friends, my co-workers. They tried to contact me, but they lost service. There was nothing else I could do than to just sit down and wait. So pretty much what happened was he was on the boat fixing it and it got caught in a little bit of a riptide and it pushed him out further into the open sea. And so because of that, he was unable to get back because he didn't necessarily know how to work the sail because that's what he was fixing the boat for was the sail. So he he wasn't able to get the sail to work, and so he was just kind of just drifting out to sea, and he just waited there. After realizing the predicament he was in, Frank Coase wrote help on the back of his boat, and he waited 24 days to be rescued when the Colombian Navy found his small vessel. Recounting how he survived, Franco said, I have no food. It's just a bottle of ketchup that was on the boat, garlic powder, and Maggi. So I mixed it up with some water. I'm not sure what Maggie. maybe it might be Maggi, I'm not sure what that even is. So if he, if uh, any of you listeners out there know what Maggie is, M-A-G-G-I, it might be Maggi, Maggie. if you know what that is, let me know by reaching out on Instagram at Talk Podcast, or you could reach me on uh, email at, strange talk podcast at Uh Franco's also used cotton to collect water when it rained. So he survived just simply on one bottle of ketchup, uh, the Maggie, and garlic powder. That's how he survived, 24 days out to sea. But Heinz reached out by uh, uh, posting on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, basically, they said to whoever finds this message, we need your help tracking down an amazing man with an amazing story. You remember Elvis Franco's, as the brave sailor who survived on nothing but ketchup and spices while adrift at sea for 24 days, Wahin wants to celebrate his safe return home and help him buy a new boat. But we can't seem to find him. So we're setting this message adrift into the sea of the internet, because if anyone can help us find him, it's you. If you or anyone you know can help us get in contact with Alvis Francois, please drop us a DM. Don't forget to share this post with all your friends so we can hashtag find the ketchup boat guy. And it's it's nice that Heinz is doing something like that. But uh, yeah, I don't think giving him a boat is probably what he wants. He probably wants... I would take money, but I wouldn't want a boat because I was fucking lost at sea on a boat. So why the fuck would you give me a boat? But yeah, uh, that's, that's going to be it for this episode of This Week in Crime. I hope you guys enjoyed the stories that I did have. Um, if you guys can do me a favor in supporting the show and you enjoy the show, please support me by... You know, letting your friends and family know about Strange Talk Podcasts. Get Strange Talk Podcasts out there. If you guys enjoy this, please spread the word of Strange Talk Podcasts because that's the biggest thing you can do to support the show. So, yeah, that's going to be it for this week in crime, this episode of Strange Talk Podcasts. Hope you guys enjoyed it. And stay tuned for the next episode on Monday when it's the official episode of Strange Talk Podcasts. That episode is going to be none other than another 911 episode. Those have always been the most popular and most requested episodes of mine with just this show. You guys really love the 911 calls, so that's why I'm gonna be putting another one. And what better way to do it than coming back into making more episodes by none other than making another 911 call episode? So stay tuned for that one. That's gonna be next week, it's gonna be another disturbing a 911 calls. So thank you guys for listening to today's episode, and as always, Stay strange. Thank you for listening. I love you. Bye-bye.